Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. I am joined once again by MVG. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. Always great to have you. And we have a special guest tonight, fan favorite, Jeffrey Grubb. Hey, thanks for having me back on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And we have a question for you because we had a donation oh. a few days ago from Skittittles. And they asked us if Jeff Grubb and Brian Crescente are the same person. And they wanted to have both of you on the show. But we felt, you know, we just needed you to address this question. Are you Brian Crescente? Yeah, I mean, I no, of course I'm not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't try to have us on at the same time. I know he's a very busy person. Maybe, maybe some of the, you know what, next week I'll make sure he's on and I won't be able to join you. So uh, we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to just kind of make that work. And I'm sorry we couldn't be on at the same time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, every, every guy with long curly black hair absolutely is the same person. This is true. So you're also Jason Momoa. Yes, exactly. Well, yes. If Jason Momoa, if he's like left in the oven too long. My favorite one was <laughs> the dude from Fast and the Furious that gets yes. tortured by the rat that that's yeah, he, like no one knows who that dude is but everyone knows that scene you know yeah <laughs> he, uh, he, he's also just a cop in batman but no one brought that up everyone always brings up the guy that oh, got tortured yeah, by the rat the guy in batman uh, that's begins. right yep he was a great character i don't remember his name but he was a great detective very yeah. corrupt yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and if you like this content be sure to like the video subscribe to the channel and today's topic is going to be about the Nintendo Direct, the idea that maybe Nintendo is flaunting the idea of releasing HD and 64 and GameCube games on the eShop, and did Nintendo give us a hint about the Switch Revision's potential 2021 release date? And first, we'll start with the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, the very long title for a very short show. But it did have a lot of software. It opened with Monster Hunter Rise, a brand new Switch exclusive Monster Hunter game using the RE engine. It's launching on March 26th of next year. That was followed by Monster Hunter Stories 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Shadow Dropped, and is available on the Switch right now. We had Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise, the sequel no one knew they wanted. <laughs> Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, is a Switch exclusive, and it is coming out summer of next year. Then we had Hades, which Shadow Dropped, Empire of Sin, which is available in December, Sniper Elite 4, which will be coming out later this year, PGA Tour 2K21, because it's getting a physical release in the next week, The Long Dark, another indie game that Shadow Dropped. Then we had Balan Wonderworld from Square Enix, which is also coming out on March 26th of 2021. This kind of looks like a night game. And then we had Rune Factory which will also be coming to Switch in 2021. And we'll start with Jeff. What did you think of the quality of this particular partner showcase? Uh, when I woke up later and watched it after it already ran, I, uh, I, I watched it, I sat down. I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a pretty good uh, presentation. I was entertained. I thought the, the announcements were all, you know, generally pretty good. You, you know, you throw in the boxing thing, whatever. That's been kind of a there's been like a lot of boxing stuff in these partner showcases. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, I, I guess this one didn't even have Rocky in it, but I, I don't know. I mean, mon the monster Hunter stuff looked good. I thought the monster, the monster hunter games looked really fun. They look, uh, they look like a, the next, if, if monster hunter world had not happened, this would still feel like a next gen uh, monster hunter in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and yeah. And then Ori coming out and kind of like them, like, hitting their chest and saying oh yeah and it runs 60 frames per second on on the switch mm -hmm. that's 
that's really cool. So uh, overall, I thought it was I thought it was good. It wasn't it didn't you know blow my mind, I, but but it was well done. What do you think, MVG? I agree. I mean, this one was interesting because when they announced the partner showcase, I don't know what kind of vibe you guys were getting, but a lot of people were like, oh, cool, another partner showcase. And, you know, in the past, there were there was a certain level of hype and expectation. I think a lot of people felt a little burnt by the last couple of them and maybe went into this one with some more grounded expectations. And look, at the end of the day, this one was actually a pretty good showcase. Like, you know, it, it didn't knock it out of the park, but I would say this was probably their best one to date. They're slowly finding their rhythm with these things. And the the shadow drop of Ori 2 was was a masterstroke, in my opinion. And having that game, you know, running at 60 on Switch, I mean, that's that's an absolute, you know, that, that, that's, that's a great piece of programming that they've done there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would say... Overall, uh, pretty happy with what we saw, and and you know I know there's well I think there's going to be at least one more before the end of the year, so you know that that'll be interesting as well. But yeah, I mean I think they're finding their stride with these this with these partner showcases finally, you know. Yeah, and they did end the show where they said we're going to have you know wait for details for our next partner showcase. So it does seem like at least the remainder of 2020 is going to remain the partner showcase mini format. We're probably not going to see the general direct as we have discussed in the past. And my thoughts on the show were, I think Nintendo actually did it a favor by announcing it ahead of time and putting it in a live stream format. Because yep. the prior ones, you could just fast forward through, mm-hmm. you could look for the announcements that matter to you. And I think that took away from the actual impact. With this one, you started high with Monster Hunter and you kept the viewing audience engaged. It's like, wow, you started on a high. And now, you know, I'm wondering, how's the show going to end? Are you going to end on another big note? And they did with Ori and the Will of the Wisp, shadow dropping right after the show and that's you know as we've already touched on that was a big get for the eShop I and mean, running at 60 frames a second is no small feat and I mean the general quality of the show was still outside of like Monster Hunter and Ori it was still you know the general idea of what we get from the partner showcase it was smaller releases but still a nice range of software this one definitely felt more Japanese mm-hmm. oriented with you know Disgaea Monster Hunter and such and one thing that stood out to me was the amount of 2021 releases that were featured here. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed that way. But I mean, I think, um, you know, we've, we've, we've already kind of concluded that 2020 for Nintendo is, is done and it's buttoned up, you know, so I think it's really all, all about next year. And they're slowly starting to get a, you know, uh, that hype ready for next year. I think next year is going to be a big year for them, you know. Yeah, it yeah. definitely seems like there'd be potential for Nintendo to have a substantial 2021. And, you know, we'll go right into the idea of the Switch revision concept because two of the games announced in the partner showcase of Balan Wonder World and Monster Hunter Rise, they both have the date of March 26th. And that alone doesn't really, you know, constitute much. But Monster Hunter 4 launched with the new Nintendo 3DS. Could we potentially be looking at a similar situation here, a repeat, if you will? I mean, I I think so. I, I think it's possible. I think um, that there are a couple of games and a couple of publishing partners that could uh, could line some stuff up and be like, "Hey, can we can we get in on that action?" And, and Monster Hunter with Cap- Capcom with Monster Hunter is one of those things. It's like one of the very few. Um, I, I, you know, the, the alternative here is is Nintendo is maybe still being like, "Hey." Yeah, we do have something coming. We don't have the details yet. 
Uh, it's in that time frame. Uh, and, and they're like, okay, well, you know, is this date, you think this date's probably pretty good to kind of be there at least around the launch? And, and Nintendo could be like, yes, as well. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, the idea that that could be the exact date, um, probably not, but, but I, you know, they could also always move things if they want to like move it up. Like we saw that happen with, um, I can't remember the game that moved up to be with uh, uh, the, the, oh yeah, Assassin's Creed uh, moved up to be with uh, the November 10th launch for the Xbox, stuff right. like that. So, I mean, but, uh, I, I'm hopeful. I, I, I'm I'm actually I'm totally. I, I know we have so much stuff that, uh, coming out that we want to buy in terms of hardware, but I'm I'm ready to buy another Switch. I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> what do you think, Nate? Because I mean, you've you've been getting a lot of things right recently, so you know it's hard to. I mean, for me, it for me personally, I, it, it sounds like a bit of a reach, but mm-hmm. I don't want to. You know, if if you think that it's going to happen, then I'm I'm going to say it's going to happen because you've you've gotten a couple of things right lately. So um, you know, that's good enough for me. You know, uh, I mean, it's tough. If I look at it from like the point of view of you have to launch the revision of 2021 with strong software because Nintendo has always done that in the past. And New 3DS had Monster Hunter and Majora's Mask. Yeah. That yeah. Now that we have an idea of when Monster Hunter is releasing, you might have a piece to that puzzle, but it's also the end of the fiscal year. Maybe yeah. Capcom just wants to end on a strong note and have this major mm-hmm. release. It can help Nintendo as well. They'll move extra hardware because, I mean, Nintendo could potentially sell 30 million pieces of hardware this fiscal year, and that's getting close to Wii and DS territory of historic sales. And, I mean, Balan Wonderworld isn't exactly a title I would think of as needing to launch new hardware. It's just the idea that it has the exact same date as Monster Hunter and... I mean, if I look at Nintendo's words from earlier this year, they said, we're not launching new hardware this fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I take Nintendo for their word, we're not getting a revision before the fiscal year concludes. But it doesn't mean the Switch revision isn't launching in, let's say, April. And you just have mm-hmm. these games out a couple of weeks ahead of time. And maybe, you know, you gauge the interest then. But one thing that also stood out to me in this partner direct was... They didn't announce a limited edition Switch for Monster Hunter. When it came to the new 3DS, it had a Monster Hunter-themed system. And when Monster Hunter 3rd, Monster Hunter Tri, Generations, whichever one came to the Switch back in 2017, also had a Switch bundle of its own with a special dock. And they haven't announced that yet for Monster Hunter Rise. And that's one of those curious pieces that kind of hints at, to me, maybe the revision is launching around Monster Hunter, and they're just holding off announcing the bundle version until a later date, because maybe that is coming out in April. What do you guys think of that? I like that. I, I, I think there's something there. I think, um, I, I, you know, the, the other hand, on the other hand, there's like, I, I guess based on like what we know about the Mario stuff now, maybe it's not too surprising they didn't have a Mario Switch. So, but, but you know, if, if I did assume that they were going to have one, and I and I did when, when we started yeah, hearing about this Mario stuff. me too. I, I, I uh, yeah, I was like that makes a, lo- a ton of sense, a ton of sense, and then we didn't. So it's like maybe they're just they're just selling too many switches too fast to uh, actually slow down and and make a a, 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 a custom one for any one game, uh, even Monster Hunter. Uh, but but uh, I don't know. It's still something about what you said there just, that does sound right. Monster Hunter is so huge. Uh, you know, even if it's like um, uh, you know a, a new one comes out uh, and it's and a new switch comes out. And it is; it could be custom, but I, they at least would be doing a custom light, right? Because that's the like, the whole thing about Monster right. Hunter is it's portable. You take it with you and stuff. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. You're you're right. You're onto something there. I think. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that they're also releasing that deluxe version. I believe it might just be in Japan that it comes with a physical copy and then a digital copy. So Nintendo and Capcom are positioning this as that social game. Mm-hmm. They want you to play with oh, somebody yeah. else. And to your point, like, yeah, the light is probably going to be the primary system that people are engaging this game in, especially in Japan, because, you know, assuming commuting and everything is somewhat returned to normal by the time this game releases next March, people are going to be on the buses and in transit playing Monster Hunter with each other because that's the appeal of the game. And the only other thing that gives me hesitation is that, yes, the new 3DS launched with Majora's Mask 3D. We know that next year is the 35th anniversary of Zelda. We have a hunch that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out next year for the Switch. Wouldn't a Switch revision probably launch better with a major first-party game like Breath of the Wild 2 or maybe like a Skyward Sword HD release opposed to solely monster hunter rise now you have my attention i i think i think a switch revi- <laughs> i think a switch revision is is aligned with breath of the wild too and that's that's what i think is is probably what we're going to see the monster hunter thing yeah i mean it's there's definitely history there it's compelling there's some very good arguments to suggest that would be the case but i think nintendo is going to you know, align this with with Breath of the Wild too. Their 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 big killer that's that's just absolutely going to destroy next year. Yeah, no, I mean, we could see the potentially Breath of the Wild two not release until the holiday. I mean, yep. we're really uncertain to as where that game could be positioned. We many had the expectation that it was supposed to come this year, and then kind of entertained the idea. Well, maybe it'd be spring twenty twenty one, and they would drop it in March to replicate the idea of twenty of twenty seventeen and the Switch launch of Breath of the Wild. I'd say due to COVID, that plan can probably be erased. But maybe we're still looking at a pre-June or a pre-E3 release for Breath of the Wild 2 in a best-case scenario. Though my personal opinion is I could see Nintendo position it definitely as a strong holiday game. Yeah, yeah I mean, An- Anuma's message when they talked about the uh, Hyrule Warriors game, um, Age of mm-hmm. Calamity, you know, it, the takeaway for me was yeah we just need a little bit more time right like so i think i think you're right nate i think it's probably just before e3 next year where we'll we'll see that game get released yeah i i i think that's possible i, I don't know when i start thinking about it, it's like uh the, the way that they've taken their time with everything everything's <laughs> shifting back so much i wouldn't be surprised if there's other games in the waiting to come out before then and then that game is the strong holiday title but uh i yeah. mean it it, it did it did really well for them launching in March, uh, you know, when it was Breath of the Wild one with the Switch, and, and they might just be like, "Hey, we we can we have the opportunity to recreate that game plan uh, here again." It, it would be probably pretty hard to pass up if they uh, if everything lines up just so. <laughs> 
one thing Nintendo kind of touched on the idea that they're going to chase after cutting edge technology during their recent uh, managers meeting. And that's kind of a change in strategy compared to recent years where they've gone for more efficient technology and kind of proven technology. Now, thinking of cutting edge, it doesn't necessarily mean Nintendo's going to, you know, slap in a, you know, 3080 <laughs> next switch or anything. But if you had a guess at any cutting edge technology, they could put in a switch revision, keeping in mind any software that would be running on a Switch revision also has to be compatible with the current Switch. What do you think we could feasibly be looking at if it does release, let's say, next April? It's that GDD, GDDR6X, man. They're going to get that, <laughs> that fast memory in there. 16, 32 gigabytes. Ooh. Well, I mean, that, that it's a good it's a good point, and you can interpret you can interpret cutting edge in in a number of different ways, right? I mean, when you think cutting edge, you think yeah, Nate, you think you're like thirty eighty, and you think you know twelve cores and 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 fast fast memory. But what if cutting edge is they drop an SSD in there, right, to to really yeah. um, boost the loading performance or the the ability to you know have those stream uh, seamless open worlds right where things are just textures are swapping in and out very very fast you know kind of like the ratchet and clank type um you know model that we, we've heard about from from sony so cutting edge <laughs> could mean that i mean it doesn't have to mean that it's going to be 4k 60 frames per second right that's what we think it means but it it, it, it has a lot of different different meaning to it and i think you know it's possible that they look at some of the weak weaker points of the current switch iteration which is memory because ram is is limited and loading speeds right i mean they're the two things that i think you know are always going to be something that developers want want more of and it maybe they're the two things that they they look at as as you know becoming a lot more faster in in the next iteration of the switch yeah i, I try to think about like you know they're working very closely with nvidia and what does nvidia have to provide and, and to me it's like a lot of um interesting solutions to, to problems to getting really good graphics out of out of less than than stellar hardware if, if necessary and um uh, you know i i hope that's dlss but it, it could just be the, the ai upscaling that we've seen in the shield right. and then that would lead the, to the possibility of uh, you know, really high frame rates with a really high res uh, display resolution, and and I, I could imagine Nintendo thinking a 120 hertz you know display or 144 hertz display on a mobile device is very cutting edge to them, and, and I would I would I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they're thinking, something along those lines. Um, I, I, I you know they would probably do 1080p, I guess, if they if they if the, if, if the option was available to them. I hope they stay the 720p on the on the mobile screen, but um, a higher a higher refresh rate. Uh, that the SSD, I think, sounds like a good plan. But yeah, just it, it's going to be like what 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 is Nvidia putting in front of them that they can choose from, and and, uh, and there's there's some there's some options there. DLSS has a cost associated to it in terms of power and processing. So yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's not something they they're looking at doing. I, look, I think they're exploring every possibility that they you know that they have. But I think Nintendo is always going to be very mindful of heat and thermals and battery life yeah. you know i mean i think that's why that ai upscaling is, is a, an option yeah. that i think they might try to figure out a way to do that with games and yep. it, it's it, it would work really well i think yeah for sure yeah i think i think when we're looking at a switch revision like the ai upscaling is probably going to be something that they do implement because nintendo kind of likes to experiment with the ideas that they're you know considering for future hardware kind of in a public format we saw with like 
drill dozer they put gyro in and then all of a sudden it was a big focus of the wii and then you see with like the dsi they put like the digital store and all of a sudden that becomes the new focus on future hardware and i could see them doing the ai upscaling as maybe a public experiment to feel out maybe how you know dlss will work or if they just want to go you know with the ai upscaling in its own way just to give a temporary fix for the current switch hardware because they can only boost it so far before you do potentially you know, introduce problems. You're not going to all of a sudden make a 60 plus million user base obsolete because a lot of these people might yeah, feel a little yeah. burned, especially it's only been four years since the Switch launched and you're going to be like, I already have to buy brand new hardware. That's a tough sell, especially, you know, with everything going on, Microsoft and Sony are launching their new hardware. They're better off doing, like we've kind of said before, a new 3DS type of situation. They can improve the CPU, they improve the memory, improve speeds where necessary. And you might get that resolution bump of, you know, 900p to 1080p or 540p to 720p for handheld mode. And I think if the revision focuses on letting games run at the native resolutions of docked and undocked mode, that'd be more than enough for most players out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it... To me, what this really says is is they are, you know, looking to go forward with a, a really aggressive planned obsolescence thing where it's like, yeah, OK, they're not going to make the switch obsolete, but they're going to make some people who are, are uh, attuned to this stuff feel pretty uncomfortable about owning an old switch and make us want to go out and buy a new switch. And, and uh, a lot of it's just going to be marketing. A lot of it's going to be like uh, th- this stuff will be more powerful or it might do some stuff and some of it might be might work. Some of it might be stuff that never gets actually utilized in any real, real way, uh, but that won't matter because we've already bought the new thing and that's what they really want. And then we, we sell our old one, we, we hand it down, and then there's more switches in the world and more people buying software. And that's what this whole thing is always about with Nintendo. So um, I, I, when they start talking this way about cutting edge technology, to me, that just sounds like uh, they're trying to get uh, the three of us kind of hyped up for something to, to spend some more money on stuff, yeah. and and uh, and then we'll we'll hand our old switches off to little brothers and stuff like that. When when you guys owned three DSs and then the new three DS was announced, and you knew that there was a, a performance yep. boost, did you guys jump on that immediately, or did absolutely. you absolutely? Yes, one hundred percent. I did. I did. Yep. I'm just. I I'm jumped. Just- I did jump in on it as soon as I could, but it wasn't because of the improved performance. It was because the analog nub. It was the analog nub yeah. and the better 3D feature because the yeah. camera inclusion allowed that 3D to, you know, it was just handled better. You didn't lose it as much. And yeah, that's the whole what point. Like you, you consider the whole package, right? Like you're considering everything right. when you're going to buy it. You're like, what does that? And it's got better performance and it's got that little analog nub. I might need an analog nub for a game. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and you know, I never used the analog nub. I bought that thing because of the analog nub in part. Like, but, but it was like, oh yeah, I totally am going to need that for games. I never used it, but it didn't matter. I already bought it. So it, it's, it's a brilliant strategy that has worked for them repeatedly for decades now. So yeah, it, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, that's where like, for a switch revision, it can just be, it has a slightly better screen. And be like, oh, I got to buy that, or it's and some of it might work. Yeah, like like you like the better 3D worked, and it's just like yeah. I, I but but not all of it has to work. It just all needs to be a yeah. bullet point on the box. Honestly, if the revision is a slightly larger screen and you know with a little bit more clarity, plus a uh, the Joy Cons are fixed, plus a couple of optional bells and whistles, some more memory, and some more flash storage. Um, and or, or and or a SSD, and they've they've addressed some type of issue with um, faster loading, uh, and and maybe a little bit more clock speed. Not much, you know, maybe a ten or ten to fifteen or twenty percent boost in clock speeds. I think that would be enough, right? I think that's 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 yep. plenty. 
yeah, it up. get enough people to be interested yeah. in that type of platform where you know we still have games just as an example like doom eternal it's been missing yeah. you know it's due to the pandemic they've been working from home it's just caused a lot of development problems and it's really affected the flow of the you know development for the game but even a game like monster hunter rise or breath of the wild 2 you're going to want to play those games in the best possible way even if it is just a slight resolution bump or a slight frame performance bump you're gonna say hey i'm playing instead of in you know unlocked 30 frames a second i have a locked 30 frames a second oh. and instead of 900p i'm getting 1080p that's enough for a double dip and yeah. to most people it's a trivial difference but yeah like the three of us that's meaningful that's substantial yeah, I mean, a lot of people that bought that Switch in the first, uh, you know, year or whatever, those are the most dedicated fans, people who are really into it. But they've also had this, uh, you know, the Switch that's probably starting to feel a little beat up. The locking mechanism on the, on the Joy-Cons isn't the best. Uh, the battery life was never great. And it's only getting worse. And and if you skipped out on the light, if you skipped out on, on the battery revision model and the battery life revision model, uh, it's going to feel like, hey, uh, I'm ready to upgrade this. And now this thing is giving me uh, a bunch of mental checklist reasons that I can be like, oh, okay, no, this is going to be worth it. And really, the biggest thing for most people is probably going to be the battery life is going to be equivalent to the battery revision model. And that's going right. to be all the difference um mm -hmm. but you convinced yourself for all the other things and then the other th and then the battery made the most difference in the end yeah i mean i i think cutting edge can mean so many different things i mean a another option could be they've worked with nvidia and they've figured out to get another you know two hours of battery life right out of this thing right. you know they've got a new marico revision which is a another die shrink and all of a sudden now the battery life is you know six hours right so it really could mean anything, but I guess the takeaway is it's it's exciting to see what what they're going to come up with next because I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I think all three of us agree that it would be a revision in 2021 and not a full next gen successor, right? Not a chance in hell, no way. Absolutely, yeah, no and, way. and it's you know it has, and it's not like Marico where they it was like a silent revision. I mean, this is something that they'll definitely advertise and there'll be you know a. Uh, an associated dev kit produced, you know, that, that matches the specs of this thing. Um, you know, all that stuff. I mean, this is going to be something that they'll announce and advertise and, and sell pre-orders for and, and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. They'll, they'll make it a big spectacle of this is the new Nintendo switch. Yep. I, 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 that's, that's what I think they're going to call it. I think they're going to call it the new Nintendo oh, switch. No. Oh, Don't man. put that out in the universe. <laughs> it's not going to be a good name no matter what. So yeah, I mean, might, might as well be that. What's wrong with new Nintendo switch? Everything. <laughs> it's just, uh, when you write about this stuff uh, on a website where people have to read the words and it's just, new <laughs> Nintendo, it's just it sucks. <laughs> and now, we're going to jump into a topic that's right in MVG's wheelhouse. Hey, we, about time. We had the release of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and it came out that the games are being emulated. They weren't ported to the Nintendo Switch. And that's kind of made a lot of people wonder, does this mean that the N64 is going to be added to Nintendo Switch Online next year? And does it open up the possibility of GameCube games or even Wii games being emulated for Nintendo Switch Online? But my thought went to another direction. We've already had games like Turok 64 and Doom 64 come to the Nintendo Switch as eShop releases for about $15. I could see Nintendo maybe HDing some N64 games and releasing them, releasing them in that type of format, opposed to giving them away on Nintendo Switch Online. Because if they did, all of a sudden that $20 from a business standpoint is looking a little too cheap, and they would probably have to up the price. What do you think 
of that idea, MVG? Do you think maybe we get, you know, Smash Brothers 64 and what other good N64 games are there? Mario 60, Mario Kart 64, like Golden oh, Eye, and you, Lover. Legend of Zelda. I mean, what? <laughs> what hey, you, what other good in- yeah, Space Station shows. Silicon Valley? Come on. <laughs> Sin and Punishment? Ooh, that's, that's a good, good game. That's a good game. <laughs> I think, um, Nate, I... I think you're onto something there. I I do think that uh, look. I don't think Nintendo is interested in N64 for the Nintendo Switch Online. Like, I I think they will evolve that service and and potentially give us Game Boy Advance as like the next iteration. I I personally can't see them offering Nintendo 64 games unless they increase the price of the online service, which. I think is going to annoy a lot of people if they decided to do that because as we know the online service isn't particularly compelling to begin with there's a lot of issues with connectivity and and just the you know the 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 way that online games actually work on the switch there's some issues there so i mean they could potentially offer a we'll say a a premium package where you get um another tier of of quality or another tier of, of games, but I just can't see that happening. I mean, that doesn't seem like something Nintendo would really want to go go down that path with. So yeah, I, I do think that there is, um, and I mean, the elephant in the room for me is Legend of Zelda, right? So that concept of the you know 35th anniversary of Legend of Zelda, will, will we see something similar to what we saw with 3D All-Stars? Yes, I do. I think we will, and I think it may be a a volume, you know, type thing where it's you get volume one, which is you know, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and then volume two may be you know some of the games from the Wii or something. And to your point, yeah, I think you know, Nerd has the obviously has done the work to build an emulation layer for the N sixty four, the GameCube, and the Wii, and they have the ability to patch textures assets you know things into the rom as the games are running so yeah i mean i don't think this is a one-off thing that nintendo has done with with uh super mario 3d all-stars i think this technology was built specifically mm-hmm. for for these types of things you know these these remasters these remakes whatever you call them um and yeah i i, I agree with you i think there will definitely be um this this is the first of, of more to come i guess is what i'm saying yeah <laughs> Even if they didn't build it specifically for this, I think once they had it built and they're like, "Well, wait, yeah, what's the, like what's the what's the maximum revenue we can get out of all all this stuff?" And it's like, okay, well, maybe we were thinking about Nintendo sixty four on Nintendo Switch Online, and it's like, well, you know what, we did spend this money on this stuff. Let's um, let's let's figure out some other ways to to make some money from this stuff first, and then then we'll move ahead with that y- years down the line. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen next year, right? Because it's going to be right. Uh, they're going to have to sell sell a Zelda in some way first. Uh, and, and I think that's what they, they you know, N- Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo, uh, th- they have pretty well uh, uh, squeezed money out of those systems and those and that game catalog uh, over the years uh, enough times repeatedly. They found ways to do it, and now putting that on Nintendo Switch Online to create the service, it's like okay, well, you know, now the, they're out to pasture and they could just sort of make us money on a regular cadence for that stuff. I don't believe that Nintendo thinks that they have uh, uh, sufficiently wrung the value out of its 3D games yet. Um, N64 might be getting close, but we're still probably a few years away from them really feeling that way, right. especially when they can combine it with later 3D games as bundles like Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, so, <laughs> like, we, we are in for a few years of them 
of finding creative ways to charge us for stuff like this uh, before we get to a point where it's going to be on any sort of service. Uh, and that's just that's just Nintendo. That's, yeah, that's how and, they work. And, and just to add to that, and I think I can talk about this with limited run games and and Shantae, the game that I've been involved with, that has an emulation layer. And, you know, limited run games are looking at bringing other games, you know, to to the service, you know, later on next year and the year after that. So it makes sense, you know, if you build an emulation layer, you're not just going to throw it away and, and be like, this, yeah. is the, this is the only reason why we want it for. You, you want it because you want to bring a library of games over to to a new system or to a new audience. And I think I think Mario All-Stars is the first of many to come. And look, you know, I, I was even talking to someone today about, you know, could they bring the GameCube version of Fire Emblem over? Absolutely they could, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how awesome would that be if they if they brought that over with, you know, Nerd's emulation um, layer that they've built? I mean, that would be that would be fantastic. And you're, you're, you're in that kind of scope now where, you know, that game is so expensive to buy but if you bring it to a new audience and maybe give it some, you know, modern enhancements, then I think, you know, it's something a lot of people would really jump on and, and purchase, especially given the success of the, you know, the previous Fire Emblem games on the on the Switch. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting now that they do have this emulator out there and we have new Pokemon Snap coming out in early 2021. They could feasibly offer Pokemon Snap from the N64 as like a pre-order bonus, yep. mm-hmm. and yep. then do a standalone release for you know fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. After kind of like what we saw with Doom 64, if you pre-order Doom Eternal on other platforms, you got it for free, or you could buy it. I believe it was like for five dollars or ten dollars on the digital stores. And Nintendo can actually do something like that now with their own games. So even if they don't put like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask in a collection they could still potentially release them just as eShop versions. Yes. And, I mean, that makes a lot more business sense. Yeah. Because you know there's probably a decent audience out there who will gladly hand over 10 or $15 for an HD N64 game without, you know, tons of new enhancements and enjoy them for the first time on the Switch because there is a large new audience that is finding, you know, video entertainment on a Nintendo platform for the first time. And it's a great way to release your legacy content. You have NES and Super NES on Nintendo Switch Online, now release the cream of the crop for the N64 and the eShop. I don't know if they'll get to GameCube games, though. That seems like a big step. And those games, they're quite valuable in from the collector's point of view. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, would you really, if you're Nintendo, would you release Super Smash Bros. Melee on the eShop? I don't know if you and- do Melee, but you you would maybe do, what if you did like Mario Strikers or, um, you know, mm-hmm. some something that's a, a favorite of, of, of the fans that there's just no way that those games will, you know, like Smash Brothers, you wouldn't do it because obviously you already have a Smash Brothers game on the Switch, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, something that, started on the on the gamecube and it ended on the gamecube is something that would be a lot more compelling you know something like something like eternal darkness absolutely yeah eternal darkness or um you know even maybe some of the older pikmin games as well you know we heard about how you know why isn't there a pikmin collection um that could that could be a possibility as well yeah and i i think um that w- w- when you, you talk about these games they are uh, pretty close to the kinds of indie games that are selling really well on the Switch right now. A lot of stuff is just, you know, you get these things out there for 
uh, twenty thirty dollars, and it's like you know, there, there's not much difference between uh, you know uh, between them and and some modern games that tend to do well on this thing. So, um, I think Nintendo looks at how well games are selling and how much how hungry people are for content and how much they just want to keep playing games on this Switch thing. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, we have ways to to do that. I think the idea of of building uh N sixty four and then GameCube games specifically as as eShop releases makes a ton of sense to to sort of take advantage of that yeah when um when 3d all-stars came out and people were confused why you know they were emulating these games i was one of them you know i was like well wh why wouldn't they port this stuff right you know they they own the source code to all this stuff we know that they do you know that was made very obvious with the recent giga leaks that have been happening but i mean <laughs> they've made the right choice here because if they went down the porting route then that would be something that would have stopped at that point. So once they released 3D All-Stars and they ported that game, then the next you know old game, then N64 or GameCube game or Wii game that they were thinking about maybe remastering, they would have to port that code over as well. With this, Nerds built an emulator and now it's a lot more streamlined for them to bring many, many more games over. So ultimately, I think they made the right choice, you know, going down the emulation, the emulation path, because it's it's something that I, I have no doubt they, they're going to, um, to to reuse over time. Yeah, I mean, it's, there, there's zero doubt it's going to be used with Zelda. Like this will be used again with Zelda. But, well, you know, hopefully they have a grander plan in, in mind because that would that would like take the edge off of the Mario release a little bit for me. I'd be like a, a lot happier with them. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, given, you know, that there was some talk about it was like a six month dev cycle. I mean, I mean, sure, maybe that's true. But I think these emul the emulators were built beforehand because I know that, you know, there was talk that they were already recoding the, the full motion videos for Sunshine before that six month window but they had six months basically to prepare and get that get that collection ready to to release and that's very very aggressive so i think you know hopefully they're already working on the zelda collection as we speak and that'll have a lot more uh polish and, and care and attention put into it now one concern that i do have because this is very nintendo is that we've talked about like the gamecube emulator as you know potentially leading to gamecube hd releases on the eShop or even n64 games and in the back of my mind, all I can think of, that sounds like something that Nintendo would keep exclusive to a Switch Pro. Maybe. Just to give a reason to sell that yeah. hardware of, you can only play the GameCube games on the Switch Pro. And I hope that's not the case. Don't have, have they done that limit. before? Do they, have they done that before? Is that is that we, something in history that they normally... New, the new, didn't the new 3DS have something like that? There was like... Yeah, the new 3DS had... New 3DS, they had certain retail games that were only compatible. And then yeah. with the DS line, the DSi was the first thing to have the DSi where the like DS Lite and the original DS didn't have the online store. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, like you almost have to wonder, is that could that be their selling point for the Switch revision of 2021? I'm saying you can play these GameCube games in HD and we're launching with Met not Metroid Prime. Those will come <laughs> over and trilogy to the Switch itself. But it'd be... <laughs> You know, Eternal Darkness and you know Fire Emblem. It'd be like, oh man, I want to replay those games. And you know, Nintendo has us in that vice grip of only one way to do it. You got to buy our new hardware. It's like, damn it. It, it makes some sense because I mean, again, who's the audience that's going to be wanting to upgrade a Switch? It's going to be the people that have a fondness for these games. Um, 
it's, it's possible. It, it would be a boneheaded move, I think, because these games would sell a lot if they were available to everyone. Um, yeah. And, and they, it seems like the, the emulators are, are, are pretty capable. Um, so most games would probably run just fine, or you know, they would at least be able to find a bunch that would run fine. Uh, and so not locking it down to the new platform would sell a lot more software and that that would probably end up making them a lot more money in the long run and, and that hardware is going to sell fine no matter what like a nintendo revision always does so i i don't know we'll we'll see I, but you're right it's a, it, it, just because i say i think it's a boneheaded move doesn't mean nintendo wouldn't do it yeah i mean nintendo's <laughs> known for boneheaded moves it's it's kind of their forte yeah what if they well what about f-zero right what if they remastered f-zero mm. gx right you know that you they don't they don't have the budget time and and money to to focus you know giving a studio a new f-zero game so they're like okay let's let's get uh the emulator out and and remaster f-zero gx i mean that would be awesome can you imagine i mean that would be that would be something that that this emulator would be really you know uh made for yeah and I mean, that's the step where you almost want to see Nintendo put in a little more effort into certain one of these releases. Because, like, even though I know not a lot of people have, like, 120 hertz television, could you imagine F-Zero GX at 120 frames a second? That would be incredible. I mean, it melted mines at 60 frames a second. Yeah, And and F-Zero already has a 16 by 9 widescreen mode. So, I mean, I'm not saying (laughs) that it would just, you know, you just insert the ROM and you're off, right? But there'd be less work involved than, than, than Mario Sunshine, which obviously had a little bit of work done to it. Yeah. And, I mean, this seems like there's a lot of potential with these emulators now that Nintendo has put out a release. We have an idea of the capabilities of what Nintendo could do with the games. I mean, it's not it's not a huge effort from what we've seen with Mario 64 and 3D All-Stars Collection. It's enough to make the games look satisfactory in the current day. Could they have done more? Yes, absolutely. Or even like Mario Sunshine, could you have maybe improved that frame rate a bit? Yes. Could you have, you know, allowed camera options instead of defaulting to inverted? Yes. Not sure why they did that, but because they're because they're they're insane. They are so <laughs> God. This is so frustrating. They I. <laughs> I literally I play inverted because I played the Mario 3D games first among my first 3D games and then they change it in the release okay fine I get it more people play direct these days but you don't give me the option to go back after you made me this way it is so frustrating it is yeah I, I agree oh. I agree Grub. It, it absolutely is I, I think my biggest takeaway from the 3D All-Stars collection yes it, it's definitely missing some features it has some uh, omissions but it looks very clean you know I think I think it looks very, very kind of. It's it's a very pleasant looking experience on the Switch, and I think that's what they were going for. Even even Mario sixty four, even though it has, it doesn't have the amount of features that I think we were expecting. It it still looks very good, you know, at, at on on the Switch, especially in in handheld mode. So I think that's what they were going for at the end of the day. Now, like in your opinion, MVG, because you have you know experience with emulators, what would, what do you think of the overall product? with these GameCube and N64 games compared to something like we've seen from Night Dive and other studios. Do you think Nintendo's emulator is, you know, quality, or do you think there's a little work to be done where they could improve some of those textures a little further? Because the games like, you know, Turok 1 and Turok 2 and even Doom 64 are absolutely excellent. They went back and they did improve texture work in the environments or even like signage where you can actually read it and it seems like Nintendo could maybe just go a little further with theirs, or maybe maybe it was a conscious effort by them to retain as close to the original as possible. What do you think? 
Yeah, it, it's a good question, Nate. Um, I will say that Turok 1 and Turok 2, the night dive stuff, that, they were ports. So the uh-huh. the way that that all went down was initially they were looking at, at the emulation option, but some some part of through, through the lifecycle of the project, they ended up getting the source code from someone that um, worked at a claim or something. I don't know the backstory, but they ended up getting the source code and porting the game. But it, it it's interesting though, because Galaxy is kind of this hybrid port hybrid emulation i don't know if you if you guys read about that but the game code was was ported but the graphics renderer and the audio renderer is emulation so it's a very interesting way that they've done that i guess i guess to answer your question it's it's a little early to say like right now if you just compare the 3d all-stars collection with even even just like a, a public domain emulator like Dolphin or um, you know a Nintendo sixty four emulator, it's it's miles behind. Like it's not even anywhere close to parity of of something like that. But I do want to say that you know let's see what else they come out with because I'm not sure if it's fair to to compare Mario's the Mario three D All Star Collection given you know it it seemed like they were under under the gun as far as you know time and everything to get this game ready for for this year based on you know what we had had heard so you know it seems like it it is like lacking features and and it may not be where they want it to be but i'm i'm hopeful that you know whatever comes next and like i said i think it's it's Zelda in in some capacity they'll give that a lot more you know care and attention and if so, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this topic and, and maybe, you know, come up with a, a better analysis of it because I think there's probably more to come here. Yeah, I mean, I hope we see something like, you know, Pokemon Snap come with new Pokemon Snap as a pre-order bonus and we see Nintendo really embrace this emulator and give us some N64 games. They don't have to be, you know, in abundance. If you just give us that, you know, every other month you release an HD N64 game on the eShop, I think that would appease people and it would just give them something to look forward to and yeah. you can get like ocarina of time majora's mask and then you could release you know twilight princess hd and wind waker hd as a retail game and then you know skyward sword as its own thing i mean depending on how many zelda games you really want to release in 2021 but it gives them you know this whole new option of releasing some legacy software because like we've seen like super nes games kind of see releases on the eShop outside of Nintendo Switch Online. Like we have the um, Joe and Mac, mm-hmm. as, but they're, they're not released as the, you know, Super NES games. They're just DC yeah. that is releasing the games as their own. And it'd be great if we did, did see Nintendo just throw some of those first party N64 games on the eShop. It would make them a lot of money. It would keep fans happy, especially during software droughts, which... You know, hopefully 2021 isn't a repeat of 2020 in that sense, but yeah. we don't know. Donkey Kong 64 is the big holiday 2021 release. I, I'm calling it now. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing I want to say about about All Stars 3D is a lot of people weren't sure what it was. Like when 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 Nintendo first showed it and they they showed the trailer of it, and you know, some of the news outlets were running stories about it everyone was like this is an emulation this is this is a port because you know I, i'm seeing upraised textures and i'm seeing you know different different assets so i think you know if, if it wasn't for the data miners kind of dissecting everything we wouldn't have known that it was emulation and i think that's very very telling you know what i'm saying because if you can convince your audience that this is a a port 
then your, your work is done. And it wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that it's the switches, you know, the, the game was leaked and, and someone just literally just went through the code, we wouldn't have known it, that it was. I mean, a lot of people would have just assumed it was just a port. So I think, you know, they're definitely on the right track, but I, I think, you know, they need to do more work to get it up to where they want it to be. Now, the last question for this episode that we're going to end on is, because I know everyone's going to ask, Nintendo's already talked about the next partner showcase that they will announce details in the future. When do we think it's going to happen? My guess would be second week of October, just based on history. Yeah, it sounds right to me. I think um, I think yeah, Apex Legends was supposed to be in, in this one. It wasn't. It wasn't hot enough. Like it just was not ready. Uh, and I imagine uh, you know by then they should be in ship shape and they'll uh, they'll want to show off that game. So uh, they getting in it at that point still kind of i think i think it should get, i don't think they've announced a release date so i think that should still uh get get, get in under uh, before they uh, actually release it um and, and yeah i i don't know what else could be in there though i, I imagine it's it's probably just going to be a, maybe a, a more low-key partner direct after this one but who knows i'm ready to be, i'm ready to be surprised what no no bravely default 2 no uh no well, doom eternal no i mean though i think bravely default's getting delayed at tokyo yeah Bay. Yeah, Bravely Default, it feels like it's already been delayed. That's how much it's going to yeah. get delayed. Um, but uh, maybe Doom Eternal, maybe. It's got to show up at some place, right? I guess it, if it, I guess it doesn't. Who knows? It could just <laughs> slowly never come out. Yeah, yeah um, it's... I mean, we know EA still has a few games that are supposed to come out this year because I believe Need for Speed leaked. Need for Speed's the other one, yeah. yeah. yeah leaked on retailers, and I, I think that had an October or November release. So EA has to communicate that at some point. And then we also had Mass Effect remastered leak at i believe it was a portuguese retailer but the odd thing about that leak is it showed a switch version which to my knowledge is a switch version if it happens definitely is not happening the same day as the ps4 and xbox one version so i wonder if it was just a retailer that was a little anxious and put up an incorrect listing that's a that is incorrect that is not the case there's no switch version if it happens it'll you're like you said to be down the line that is that is not the case and people should uh yeah chill on that for a while well the, the way you got mass effect 3 i mean come on yeah, you, you know what you're right never mind take it back <laughs> <laughs> that means the switch is getting mass effect andromeda this year <laughs> oh god, oh, god. <laughs> that would own oh, i would love that running for on frostbite hey, I, i'd be impressed if they got frostbite running on the switch though yeah true that'd be really yeah, cool well there's to see that we're supposed to see it when um plants versus zombies yep comes to switch um what is it called i can't think of the full title of battle it. for neighborville or battle of neighborville one of those that's it yeah one of the article that's right <laughs> so like yeah ea still seems like they're supposed to have some games come to switch this year i mean need for speeds coming to multiple platforms we still have to hear about that so maybe ea just has to communicate in their own so and we have to wait i mean I'm still waiting for some Smash Brothers information, and I would imagine Nintendo and the Pokemon Company would want to communicate some Crown Tundra information before that game comes out, because right now it's still slated just for fall 2020. I believe it's probably going to come out in November, maybe the very tail end of October. But, you know, clock is ticking. We do have the Tokyo Game Show coming up, though Nintendo isn't attending themselves. Some of their games are getting updates. Monster Hunter Rise is going to have a big presence there from at you know from capcom and age of calamity is also going to be highlighted at the tokyo game show because koei tecmo has a presentation and they are the publisher and the developer of the game 
So that's going to get a lot of new information in the coming days. And maybe Nintendo has a little low-key event for themselves to talk about the next Smash character or, you know, Pokemon expansion pack. So Nintendo isn't done for 2020 in terms of announcements, but as far as major releases go, we know their lineup at this point. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I think Pokemon is, is a Twitter drop. Um, Smash Ooh. Brothers will be... Uh, you know a thing with sakurai for like 15 minutes i don't know what what, what you're going to call it though but it'll, it'll be a, a a video of some or some type of presentation but yeah i i don't think the pokemon thing will be more than just a twitter drop maybe they have released a couple of new trailers in recent weeks and then they just kind of came out of nowhere so maybe pokemon is just a twitter drop with a release date attached and a new trailer talking about some of the like, new content and such the Pokemon company tends to like these, uh, their version of the direct, and I wonder if Nintendo would just let them do it there. Like a, sh- like like a treehouse type of thing? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. But the Pokemon company likes that stuff, so, you know, if they want to, maybe Nintendo would let them. Yeah, they could have another, like, Pokemon direct, because even if they want to com- communicate Crown Tundra, we would probably also get an update about new Pokemon Snap, because we haven't heard anything about that game since the initial announcement. Right. And, exactly. That, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you, you know, if you're release date on that, or you even just date it as early 2021, because the last time they talked about, it, they just said, "What is it under construction?" Or some sort of type of like tagline yeah. like that. So there is still you know a good amount of information that Nintendo can still communicate to us this year. And let's go into some Streamlab questions. We had a five dollar donation from Skit Tittles, who said, "Hey guys." Do you think Microsoft has played all their cards leading up to the Series S or Series X launch, or do you still suspect they have anything up their sleeves before launch? I'm kind of expecting some. I'm kind of expecting something quiet until the Game Awards. Well, they said that the initiative has something they want to show right before the end of the year, so I think that's yeah. probably the only other thing that they have to to show us. Yeah, that seems right. I mean, they'll 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 probably tease that in some way, but um, yeah, I can't I can't see much else happening. It just feels like things are kind of set, and uh, and they'll, they'll let the console launch happen and see what happens next. Yeah, I would agree with both of you. We'll probably see the initiative game, and then it's probably in Microsoft's best interest of just kind of releasing the system, let it go, and then once we get into twenty twenty one, maybe become a little more vocal about like you know Halo Infinite development updates and you know what other software they might have coming out next year but right now just release the hardware and kind of take it easy then skittittles followed up with a three dollar donation and wrote god damn it i came up with a better question <laughs> monster hunter rise march 26th balan wonderland march 26th switch revision march 26th question mark well we touched on that in the beginning of this episode and maybe we'll find out It'll be fun if it happens. I'll, I'll be excited for it. Like I said, I'm ready to buy one. It would be fun because, as we know, at Monster Hunter Rise, it has no load time. It's one big open world. And, I mean, based on the trailer, the footage was a little... It's what you expected a Monster Hunter to look like on the Switch, I would say. Right. So I'd be more than open to see, you know, a more powerful Switch come out that maybe improves those visuals a little bit. But I don't think it's an ugly game. And it's the first RE Engine game on the Switch which means technically Devil May Cry 5, the Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake, 
that means the engine is up and running on Switch, and those games could be ported. Not to say Capcom hasn't already tried, and maybe the results just weren't up to their, you know, specifications. Maybe the resolution was a little too low, or maybe the frame rate wasn't high enough. But it means Capcom does have their latest and greatest engine running on Switch, so the possibilities are endless. And if they do have a better Switch coming out, maybe we get native ports of those games. I mean, we have Resident Evil 7 on the cloud. Not that anyone remembers that happened. <laughs> I, I, I've come back around on this, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the the 26th date a little bit more because uh, <laughs> the, the Switch will sell no matter what in America. I think. I think America's like totally bought in on that, and and the the rest of the world. And, and Nintendo would probably love it if if the Switch just blew up even more in Japan than it already has. Which you know, it's been pretty successful in Japan, but it's uh, you know, Japan's just still not into console gaming as much as they were. So bring Monster Hunter into the situation and then it just dominates in that country for a very long time. And then uh, I think they feel that that would set them up for the future. So yeah, Monster Hunter is like the big thing to go alongside the uh, Switch. I I think that makes more sense than ever, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's 2021 could be absolutely beastly when you really think of Monster Hunter, Breath of the Wild 2, Amy any other games that nintendo has you know from first party releasing that year i mean 2020 was an absolute sales beast and they could come i don't know if they'll match 2020 and 2021 but they could still do another 20 million plus probably oh yeah 2021 easily especially with the introduction of a revision and i mean it's going to be interesting to see where the switch begins to tail off in terms of sales because right now it's it's doing incredibly well and it's tough to gauge when it will slow down. Like you would have anticipated this would be its peak year. Maybe not. We really don't know. Then we had a $5 donation from Jackson who writes awesome podcast. Bethesda is one of my favorite devs, but the majority of their back catalog is not accessible on current gen platforms. Xbox back compat excluded. Why do you think Bethesda is unwilling or unable to port games to current gen, next gen? It's just opportunity um, costs. Like it's like uh, yeah. you know they, they they make more money porting Skyrim again and again, and now they've got through that. Maybe they'll start start doing some of the other stuff, but uh, it just it's not worth it when you hadn't done Skyrim eight times. Uh, so you do that first, and now you you put that money in your pocket, and then you look around and say, okay, what's next? Um, but but yeah, otherwise they they were just going to keep doing that. Yeah, Bethesda is just a, they're an odd company. You kind of look at them like, you guys have so much potential. You can make a lot more money if you HD something like, you know, Fallout 4 or Fallout New Vegas. And they're just like, nah, you're just going to buy Skyrim. Yep. I mean, they're not wrong. They're, those those games oh. sell every time they port them. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think Skyrim is still full price on the Switch. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, now we're talking three years since it came out. So people like Skyrim. People keep buying Skyrim. It's... It's basically their Resident Evil 4. They're just going to keep making it and keep making it, and we're going to be fools and keep buying it and keep buying it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Then we had a dollar donation from Bauer, who said, no question, just wanted to say that MVG is the fucking man. Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Bauer. I agree. I appreciate it. And I, I not, I'm not Bauer, by the way. I didn't send the super chat in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to check this. (laughs) And that will conclude today's episode of Nate the Hate. I'd like to thank Jeffrey Grubb for joining us. Thanks for having me on. This was a, a good time, good way to kick off my weekend. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good about video games, guys. <laughs> and you can find a link to Jeff's Twitter account in the description below, as well as a link to his written work on VentureBeat in the description below as well. 
And I'd like to thank MBG for joining as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Always a pleasure having you. And you can find a link to MVG's YouTube channel in the description below. If you enjoyed this content, give the video a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on the topic in the comment section below. And as always, continue to embrace the hate. Thank you.